What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry, I had a couple like uh, like uh, issues clicking around here. I don't know if it's a streamer. I keep hearing these streamer things or whatnot. But welcome to the 300th um, audio podcast. I don't know. I don't do these live much on YouTube. I've probably only done like four or five live audio podcasts, but I have brought some audio podcasts to YouTube. But again, not all of them. But I thought this would be a great one. Um, 300 is a big number. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. And this week, um, I decided who better than Sergio to be my co-host to talk about some of the things we're going to talk about. So, um, I always say this, if you're not familiar with Sergio, you must live under a rock, but if you're not, you're going to be familiar with him soon here. Um, Sergio is the host of show me the money club. And he is the, I would say the, over time, especially the primary contributor at the rideshare guy, he's just kind of the the guy at the rideshare guy. He's almost the rideshare guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Harry, but <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Sergio, thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. Congrats, seriously. Three hundred is a commitment, and um, you know all I can say is congrats. Hopefully, for the next three hundred, hey, you know I'll make you a deal. I'll be here on the five hundred not 600 <laughs> right I, when i was looking at all these markers like 100 celebrated 200 and that's how 300 was like it's even a badge you can get at podbean where i'm hosting my audio podcast but 400 isn't it's weird 400 starts to not count then it's 500 is again oh okay so it's like one two three five and a thousand like okay, they they take out they take out other numbers <laughs> You know, like, I don't know if I'll be around for the thousands, but 500, if I'm around <laughs> in any capacity, shape or form, I promise I'm here. Yeah. 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 Um, so you guys, we're going to get into some topics this year uh, or tonight about um, kind of what some of the things that him, Sergio and I have done other collabs throughout this year. Um, we met in person and did one. Um, I'm going to see him again in person in March. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, for uh curbivore but i'm also going there for a podcast thing in la and it's his birthday so i'm kind of stoked about all that too um but we're gonna run through some of what's gone on 2023 looking into 2024 um we won't get into specific legislation but we can talk about some of the things that have happened that you guys should know about so um let me just say hi to the chat here real quick i'm not used to doing this because I don't do these live. Thank you, Brandon Diaz, for the um, and Cody for saying uh, the three hundredth. Yes, Traveler, how are you, Kevin Hawthorne? Did you know, Mad uh, Mister Noise and uh, Good Attitude Services? Thank you, guys, and uh, anybody else who might join or who watches on the replay. So, I was trying to mix this. Up. I mean, I want to make sure that we touch on food delivery, but. Um, Clearly, Sergio and I both old school date back to um, um, 
rideshare well before um these other any of these other apps were around not just not just food delivery but shopping and last mile couriers and all these other apps i mean all there was was rideshare for a long time so i guess rideshare is the place to start so i talked to drivers in the last mile and all the spaces including rideshare too but you talked to a lot more rideshare drivers what what is your take on what rideshare is right now first of all okay um yeah so uh um obviously i'm with the rideshare guy so, so kind of makes sense that we just mostly <laughs> he, he is the rideshare guy sorry harry you know you say that but you know what I, I did actually a behind the wheel you know we do these every thursday we put them up with successful drivers from around the country mm-hmm. and i thought the year-end one should be with harry <laughs> not that he drives but i said you know what i need to have you on the behind the wheel let's talk about the 2023 what happens in right share and what we're looking forward to which is what we're going to talk about a little bit today so it'll be like a preamble of what we talked about and to his credit he said you know, that's why we hire people like you and you've become the face of the right chair guy anyway. So it was very complimentary. And I appreciate that, of course. Um, right chair is tough right now, Steve. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. as you know, we don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. We call it the way we see it. And uh, you like it, you like it, you don't like it. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, we have our hand on the pulse of the right chair community so much now because I get literally a thousand emails plus a week now okay when we started showing me the money i would get like 20 a day (laughs) and now the show has grown to a level as i'm sure your viewers know and you know um you know interviewing ceos and all these things and david richard the lift ceo i was with dark Shoshai, the uber ceo last monday um finally though the good thing is that the community has grown so much that they have to listen to our community that's the good part, right? Mm-hmm. But the bad part, well, the bad, it's not bad, but the, the, the tough part to, to convince these people that people are struggling out there as rideshare drivers is something else, right? And, and the, the struggle is true. The struggle is correct when it comes to rideshare. Um, there are a lot more drivers out there. There's, it, I mean, you, all you have to do is you don't have to believe me. You can go listen to the Uber conference call last quarter, which was two weeks ago. Um, Globally, Uber added year to year, year on year, a million and a half drivers onto the platform. They were at 5 million last quarter. This quarter, year to year, compared, is six and a half million drivers. Now, just US? No, not US, global. Global, okay. But if you look at that 30% growth, US are the US numbers in and supply growth, they call it supply. Yeah, so, I was just I was simply asking because I know Tony Shoe's numbers were skewed when he met with Harry. He was I think he was alluding to this is overall, but nonetheless, yeah. what did he say? 13 million. So yeah, I'm thinking there's supposed to be six, yeah. seven, just yeah. and that's just here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I, but but then their matrix are very weird of what they call a driver or a dasher, right? Like if mm-hmm. you did one trip, let's say per month, then you're called, you're, you're considered an active driver, right? Sure. So Uber's is a little bit more stringent, uh, but the point is supply is growing. Why? Supply is growing because 
people's W-2s are not enough because W-2s are not what people make it out to be anymore either, just like, you know, independent contractor gig work is. So when you have a gap between your W-2 income and your bills, what do you do? easiest you know job to start no interview process upload some documents and you're earning money now you may not be earning money that everybody calls you know great money 30 50 bucks an hour but it is something that you can do immediately right and and close your gap between your w2 and your bills even even for a short period of time or for a long period of time so these companies are out there providing this kind of income opportunity to millions of people and and when that happens though you know if you look at uber's growth for everything that they do delivery and ride share it has it is not the demand is not growing at the same pace as the supply is growing and in fact dara koshifai said it is the first time in the company's history that supply is outstripping demand now, in our world, everything is supply-demand. It's basic economics. When mm -hmm. you have a lot of something, the price on whatever that is is going to go down. Okay, It could be apples, it could be tomatoes, it could be potatoes, whatever it is. But look at it simple. Don't complicate things. Keep it simple. This is what's happening in rideshare. Okay? There are a lot more drivers, and the pie is the same size. So everybody's sliver of the pie is thinner and thinner and thinner. So there is a problem. I mean, you know, oversaturation, everybody calls it. But to Uber, that's beneficial. It's a tailwind. Because to them, the most important thing is how fast can I pick up a passenger, period. Because they're right. competing with Lyft, right? So to them, this is a major tailwind. What's happening in the macroeconomic you know, conditions that exist and people are in force driving because barriers to entry, very easy, right? Upload four documents, boom, you're on, you're earning money. Turn the app on, next trip, you made 10 bucks. Now, um, to them, it, them being a tailwind is a headwind to the driver community because there are a lot more of you. And so the requests are the same, the demand is the same, but there's a lot more of you now, right? So earnings are gonna go down, it's clear. And, and now I've talked to obviously last Monday with the executives of Uber in length. And, um, you know, we're trying to come up with an earnings um, number for the average driver adjusted to inflation. Because they always say stuff that our community goes crazy, right? They go, oh, they're making 30 bucks an hour, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not buying any of that. Adjusted to inflation, I'm sure you have a couple of smart economists that, you know, at Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all these massive companies. Let's see where they are. Because we know, living day to day, mm -hmm. not just a gig worker, forget being a gig worker. As a human, as a as citizen of this country, we know how much more we're paying for everything since 2019. And, yeah. you know, and our tools are our cars. And we know how expensive those things are these days, even on used cars. And the maintenance of these cars, right? So we all know these things. So long story short there's more drivers demand is constant it's still growing a little bit in single digits but when your driver base grows by 30 percent and demand only grows by five percent which is at uber scale five percent is massive mm -hmm. so yeah. earnings are going to be you know either stagnant or down there's no question about that right 
and and that's what they're you know that's what i hear drivers are suffering uh, you know out there from lack of um and, and the, the thing is these companies know this obviously and everybody's complaining i don't make money because now if they have so much supply why do they have to incentivize anybody to come out and drive like the old days they have cut down or reduced or totally eliminated incentives because it's an incentive-based system right share or delivery both and they and, the, don't have and the ones out there look just horrendous yeah they don't have to and they know that and look they have an agenda as a company they have to do what they have to do because they have to show profits and this is the time when they're showing profits because they can charge as much and pay as little as they can in a two or three-sided marketplace and they're executing perfectly but they're getting the tailwind nobody is dying and i said this clearly to darako shoshana nobody is dying to drive for uber okay with the earnings trends that exist so i go please stop this nonsense of telling everybody that how wonderful it is and it is whatever it is it's a tailwind for you it's a headwind for the community and uh but i've been in this gig for a while <laughs> since 2015 on uber 2016 on lyft and now i got eight apps on my phone there's always ebbs and flows it's never the worst and it's never the best although like coming out of the pandemic because of shortage of drivers i would go out there and knock out 70 bucks an hour with my eyes closed doing right yeah now, even, even absolutely and i did it i've shown screenshots written articles and yeah now we're on the downswing of that slope right and mm -hmm. that swing is continuing going you know to go lower until economy gets a little bit better inflation subsides and then people's w2s are enough to live okay and then that crowd you know it's a transitory crowd anyway that oversaturation will disappear and then things will get a little bit better again but i've seen these ebbs and flows over the past i don't know eight years or so and and I'm I'm betting it's going to be one of those again. Um, so it's not all bad, but for the foreseeable future, I don't see driver earnings uh, or courier earnings going up because these companies are fully taken advantage of. I'm not going to say exploiting. Um, you guys have to put yourself in Uber and DoorDash's shoes. Let's just talk about Uber and DoorDash because they're the two giants, right? Yep. And um, look, uh, if I was Uber and DoorDash, would I do something different? You may hate me, you might like me for this. Um, I'm fighting for you guys. But if I was them, I don't think I would be doing anything different because I have shareholders. You know, I, I mean, I'm responsible to make money as a company. Uh, on the other side, you know, when the, you know, when this, that this downturn ends, and I think things will be okay again. I mean, do you think so? Look, uh, with Uber, I mean, pre pan, pre March 30, 29th, when the CARES Act went in and stay at home orders, Uber had like, I mean, Uber Eats was barely, I know that you, where you are, it was used more, but even here in Denver in a big city, catering apps weren't really used. Like DoorDash, Uber Eats wasn't really used. Grubhub was a little bit. They were very upfront and they were, and they were used a little bit, but, so when, when that happened and rideshare died off in a day and food delivery took over and now food delivery is just too oversaturated, rideshare is coming back. What do you, what are, what are the, what is, is there, is there even a per, a fraction of a percent that like connect and 
the new task rabbit feature in these on Uber are bringing in? No, Mike, I think, I think, you know, Uber as an app has become the super app, which it was always their ambition. And I think they have, they're accomplishing that and they're almost there. Right. So as a driver, um, I can literally spend my whole day on Uber. Okay. Right. I can do morning rush hour ride share, take do Uber Eats, um, Uber Connect, Uber everything pretty much during the lunch hour, let's say. Then I can switch back to ride share and then I can switch back to dinner time to either stay with ride share or go with, you know, um, Uber Eats. So, so they have become the super app. So as a driver, you know, it's pretty convenient to stay on the same app, earn on the same app and whatever not. But as we know, the more apps you have, the better it is for you, right? Because I say it all the time on Show Me The Money, you know, my time is for sale to the highest bidder. I'm not loyal to any of these companies at all. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero loyalty. I, and I'm also, by the way, I'm also not loyal to the passenger or the consumer, okay? Yeah. And you may like me or not like me when I say you, that. You've, you've, said, you've, you've, said so, you've said something a long time ago to David and I, and you and I had talked about it prior, but that's the time it stuck with me was... um your optimization rate. Yep. I mean, that, to that day, I still always, you know, I always well, knew that, but I mean, like when you said it, it just kind of stuck with me. Because there is, look, as much as these apps do what they do, active time, utilized time, dasher time, whatever, you know. The last time I checked, there was still 60 minutes in an hour and 24 hours in a day. So that's not going to change, people. Uh, that's a constant. So what I want to do is I want to be active with the best orders I can get for those 60 minutes. That's that's all my goal is when I get out today, okay? And and mm-hmm. to me, that cannot be done with a single app, not anymore. You could be in 2015, I only had Uber and I was killing it, but not anymore. So you have to have all the tools in your toolbox to be able to fill that hour with the best possible orders. Because we know DoorDash is not gonna send you the best orders nonstop. Uber's not gonna send you the best orders nonstop. You shut it off, you go to the other one, grab something there. So 10 minutes, maybe I'm selling to Uber, 15, next 15 to DoorDash, next 10 minutes to Lyft. And because those are the best orders I'm seeing, okay? That's how you make the most amount of money in these days in the gig world. Um, obviously there are many things, you know, as you have the task part, they're basically, you know, added that into the app now. I mean, all they do is now literally they add stuff, right? You know, Uber mm-hmm. Eats was just food. Then they added different verticals. Now shop and pay orders. I think those are great orders. You know, I mean, do... they also bought out Corner Shop from Peru, which makes me yeah. wonder. I mean, did they just buy Corner Shop because every when they integrated Corner Shop, I don't think they made any changes from what it was, and everybody's like, I love this. And then within two three months, it had become Uber Corner Shop. Yeah. We all know what that well, means. They also bought. Uh, they also bought uh, Postmates, right? And but I mean, for whatever it. reason, everybody loved Corner Shop. I remember reading a lot about it, and I'm like, well, now it's not even Corner Shop anymore. No, no. What they do is they buy and umbrella. Yeah, they buy these yeah. companies and put it under the umbrella. They they bought Grizzly, right? Grizzly was the alcohol delivery, and then now for a lot of money too. Exactly, but to them, to them, <laughs> that was you the know, look, you can organically grow, or you can grow by acquisition, and they're choosing to grow by acquisition. So. But then now you have tasks like TaskRabbit, right? You can have different mm-hmm. tasks that you can take on from, I don't know, like a handyman to going yep. fixing somebody's uh, plumbing or whatever. So, <laughs> so Uber has become the super app that for the gig worker, it's an essential thing to have. 
And and look, gig workers are not stupid. Okay, they see all this opportunity under one roof, and that's why they had their numbers went from five to six and a half million, right? Because sure. they go like, okay, I can be on this single app. Uber is going to give me all this. Again, I would not recommend it because there's throttling, there's possible deactivation. That's all these things, right? We got, those are the perils of the gig work. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, these are good things, right? I mean, as a gig worker, more choice is better. And Uber is going to keep expanding. And, you know, from groceries to, to tasks now to ride share to food delivery to alcohol delivery, whatever. And I mean... You know, he, I mean, I talked to him quite a bit on Monday and, you know, he was like, you know, <laughs> go anywhere, do anything, order anything. That's their motto. Well, mm -hmm. they're doing it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, part of me has to wonder if like you were mentioning even like, you know, sent, hey, listen, the economy's been down since what you were saying, like 2019. And then we know that we hit some like major logistical problems about getting, I mean, getting groceries. Yeah. I think nobody will forget the toilet paper crisis of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something yeah, that's I ingrained in us. I um, but that pointed out how bad the supply chain was. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were things that were just like, are you kidding me? Baby formula couldn't be found. Yeah. Um, but then you pointed out, you know, like, well, you know, we've been dealing with this since, I mean, at that time, though, not about six months after the, the 2019 time frame you're talking about, we start everybody different levels, but everybody started getting stimulus checks and this and that. And yeah. I think that a lot of people that's I mean, not only was it that there was no ride share to be had in yeah. March, April of 2020, it's that everybody was stuck at home. I mean, they kind of yeah. had to. And then they learned about these apps, um, you know, maybe even developed habits with them that yeah. now they don't realize how bad those are. Yeah. And I honestly believe many people ordering food cannot afford to order what they're ordering. I agree. I agree. And, 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 you know, DoorDash was like fledgling company before the, I mean, pandemic saved DoorDash. DoorDash wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for the pandemic. Because yeah. the money losing is still losing money. They did 562 million orders last quarter. They're still losing money. I go, yeah. I wonder, where will it end? <laughs> you base pay down to two bucks. <laughs> I'm going, like, if you're not making money now, like, how are you going to make money if shit really slows down? Or uh, base pay down, some of it's down to a dollar. Is it? I haven't seen dollar yeah. yet. I've seen two. <laughs> so, no, if you get the, if you get oh, the, the add on, the add on, yeah. if you get the add on, it's a buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that at uh, under two. Yeah, I've seen that. So and I mean, and that... To, me, to me, right? Uh, 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 DoorDash got saved by the pandemic. Right. But to their credit, again, you know, they're going into many, many different verticals now. Um, you know, their grocery delivery business actually is doing really, really well. Um, and as you said, you know, people created habits for these things. Right. It's an addiction. It really Part is. Part of it's I don't even know if they they know they're in it now. I don't think they do. They're in the they're in this universe of this push a button, get whatever you want kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as much as we talk about gamification, gamification on the driver's side, I think that's also valid on the consumer side, right? Because they get like the high or the oh, like order something, it's going to show up. And then you follow your driver and go like, bro, just get in your car or walk a mile, pick it up. Yeah, I, but, mean, the, I mean, before the pandemic, you would have somebody working, like we all work or most of us work very hard. 
um, especially as parents and whatnot. And like, to be honest, like I'm before the pandemic, you people weren't using these apps, although they were around, they were still going, oh man, it's seven o'clock. I got to get home, make the kids dinner. I got to stop yeah. at the store. Now I feel like they're like, oh, you know what? I'll just call Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it and at that point I'm like you can't afford it. Yeah. Well, that's why we see what's happening now, right? I mean, you know, EBT orders are allowed now, all these things, right? And and I doubt that those are gonna be tipping orders. Yeah. And um look, these companies' goal is to squeeze as many orders as possible into their system to make some money eventually. Uber is so far is the only one, even at their scale, like they're 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 Gross revenue is forty billion a quarter, and they made like two hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Is that margin working out for you? Um, but I, I'm thinking, on a major, major slowdown, I mean, a lot of these companies will disappear, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned about that part because I think, um, you know, the survivability of the gig economy is not in question, but the survivability of some of these smaller players or companies. So this proves one thing over the last decade. Last mile delivery is a horrible business. Period. As a business, I mean, you and ever. you and I, you and I have straight up said about rideshare. Listen, guys, it's a it's a dispatch system. It's a, it's a cab with I mean, app. and if you if you look historically at dispatch systems, mainly what you'll find is taxis. Nobody ever like made their millions off the taxi industry. Okay. Well, as the owner of the taxi company, which leases out the taxis to the drivers. Sure, drivers, sure, sure. drivers did not make any money right I'm, I'm talking about like ones even like uber going on the stock market those kind of things like you're not that's not where even though all stocks are down a bit and whatnot that's i i don't see it anyway i don't think that's where you're going to make your money no but i mean lift or uber yeah but uber's case you know from the public now they're at 55 a share so they're up about 20 percent in three and a half years which is not a great return you could have gotten that return anyway but that's, we're not here for that. What we're here for is, you know, look, these are historically low margin businesses and they continue to do to be so even when it's on an app. Period. You know, there yep. was delivery before people. There was delivery before. OK, you know, mm -hmm. Pizza Hut and the, door, the Domino, there, there, there were delivery people before without the app. Now we have an app for everything. And and even with, as they call it, you know, we're creating efficiencies and scale and all these things, you know, these mumbo jumbo words they squeeze in there, it's still not possible. I mean, if you did 562 million individual orders as DoorDash and still can't turn a profit by paying literally nothing, telling your drivers you're working for tips, <laughs> literally, that's what I think delivery is these days. Look at look. Look at this from Cody. I have seen a DoorDash stack three orders with a $2 base pay for the whole thing. Great. That's okay, under so a dollar. That's under a dollar each. You guys see what it says on my chest? Because with the green screen, it's <laughs> kind of messed up. We have two sayings on show me the money. Hashtag decline garbage. Hashtag know your worth. Mm -hmm. if you're that desperate that you're going to pick that up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's in our agenda, Steve. But, you know, I, we talked about this last week on show me the money. And we put the video up, holy crap, it just lit a firestorm about illegal fake accounts, black market accounts, immigrants getting into the business, working for the mafia and all this shit. Yeah. Apologies for the shit. No, um, no, I've, I have it on my list. Um, I think that's really not getting enough play. And I'm going to do my best with my journalist friends to put this out there. It's unsafe for the consumer. 
Okay, you order food from Sergio, right? And, and uh, Juanita shows up and I'm like, uh, no, no. And these companies know all this. They can stop this immediately. Mm-hmm. But who else is going to take that triple stack for two bucks? Yeah, because it wasn't Cody. He said, I've seen a door. He didn't. I know. No, I didn't say he, took he didn't it, take it. Saying, obviously, he's the same person. <laughs> yeah. And he's I not mean, a, he's not being pressured to take it. But again, out of 562 million orders DoorDash did, there were a whole bunch of those, I'm pretty sure. Right. And, yeah. and, and those are individual orders. They're not dollars worth, by the way, individual. And Uber did 2.44 billion orders, billion with a B. It's individual trips, food or a delivery or a ride share. Think about the size. Okay. So put those two together 3 billion individual orders or ride share trips. Think about that scale. So, and a lot of them are trash, garbage. And somebody's doing it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be 3 billion. You know, we can all say, oh, cherry pick, oh, do this, oh, do that. I'm like, no, you know, our reach is nothing, 1% of the total crap. So, yeah, this is, yeah, I don't know if you know Zone. This is a uh, um, a listener up in Montreal, Quebec. Um, yeah, he's saying that, that he's talking yeah. about data, you know. That has money now. That has gold now, you know. Yeah. It you, is guys, gold. you guys, anybody in the chat or you, Steve, or whoever's going to watch this later? How many little bank robberies have you guys heard lately? <laughs> like, what's the point? You know, I'm going to get busted. So, so now I might as well do hacking, get the money that way, or collect data and sell the data. And that's what they're doing. I mean, I, I'm telling you guys. So <laughs> it's a it's an amazing world out there that we're living in. And, and uh, you know, I do. I have stopped watching other channels. I watch Steve because he puts out legitimate. I mean, not that the other ones are not legitimate. I don't want to insult anybody. Um, more, a little more entertaining. It's more like get together kind of a thing. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's whatever. I don't have yeah. time for it. But um, I see, I see a lot of people, you know, being happy with what they're doing, and all power to you. Nobody's put a gun to your head not to do this. Yeah. Right. Nobody's forcing you to turn the app on. And except that, with these migrants that they're being you know, pushed into this funnel and given some pocket money and working 12 hours and giving the owner bulk of the money that they earn. And and that, I'm going to bring that out, yeah, with the help of journalist friends, because that's not being talked about. And that's adding to what we started with, oversaturation, right? And I, I want to add to that too, because Sergio, in 2019, I put up an article on Uber Lyft drivers, my website uh-huh. that said that was Uber Eats drivers are renting out their jobs to Im- to illegal immigrants. Yes, they are. So that right, this is 2019. That appeared in like the top 20 articles for two or three weeks. Yep. It has not appeared back in the top 20 um, since. For the past month, it's been in the top five, if not the top one story, and it's from four years ago. That's true. Now, again, it, you can't just use that metric, but that's something, guys. I get a decent mm-hmm. amount of volume at the website. And if I mean, that's just one example of why is this 2019 story coming up so much? Why is it? It's, it was valid in 2019 to a certain degree. And to today, it's very valid, very, very relevant. And, and, and I am, I would have put the piece, I'm an immigrant. I'm not, I have nothing against immigrants, but I don't no, want the no, no. first, first experience in a country like ours 
to be ex, you know being exploited discriminated against all that stuff plus on the consumer side it's not safe okay yeah these people are not background checked the background check is on the account owner and then you can buy a black market doordash uber whatever account you want and then these companies are all going playing the game of oh this is safe you know our drivers going through background checks well except the driver that shows up is not the driver of the account so and these companies can put an end to this but they will not and i'll call them out every chance i get until this is fixed uh, i'm a huge proponent of every every gig worker getting taking a selfie and uploading to their ai and i heard the pushback on this oh it's so inconvenient i'm like no it's safer one two and a lot of people said oh by the way i can just take a picture of mine and show from one phone or a, or a photograph to the ai uh-uh their AI systems are so much smarter than what you guys think it is. That ain't going to work. Hey, man, every two hours, DoorDash should ask the dasher, take a picture. Yeah. How long does that take? 10 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, they, I can put a stop to this. They're not doing it. Why are they not doing it? Because that triple stack, two bucks, is only mm -hmm. going to be taken by a migrant who's working for some other owner of the account. Or, like, I know I heard you saying that you can go to the black market and get an account. There's even a worse, there's even a worse thing going out of people who rent their accounts out daily. Absolutely. Who are like, give me 120 bucks. You can have my account for the day. Yep. And you I mean, I know some gig workers who go out for the day and barely yeah. make 120 now. Uh, yeah. But what happens is that if that gig worker was making, you know, let's say, okay, let's just do the math. If you do 12 hours of DoorDash and assuming 18 to 20 bucks an hour gross, you're going to make 200, 240 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're giving the account owner 120 and you keep the 120, okay, that's nothing. That's bullshit wages for you. But if you're from Venezuela, if you're from Ukraine, if you're from wherever, you are making 120 a month, let alone a day. So I'm like, to them, it's gold. Again, nothing against the immigrants, nothing against the migrants. None no, of that no, is no, the no. issue. This is not political, people. It's just, it's just, don't, it's don't, just don't, hurting. With this stuff, so. It's just hurting all of it. Look, before this was a problem, I mean, it's been a problem for years, but before it was becoming so big, yeah. we already were oversaturated in every market. And yeah. that was by drivers who were working so hard to get off wait lists to yeah. do this and whatnot. And so that was already oversaturated to put this on top of it is i yeah. I, I give it a lot more weight than most people do too most people are like well that's probably only handfuls of people i'm like no. i don't think you know because there's a lot of people who cannot get other work nope and and again that's the good part of the gig economy right i talked to thousands of thousands of drivers like a month ago i was at lax for six hours and i talked to hundreds and hundreds of drivers face to face right I see the desperation, right? I see the depression that this is the only thing they can do. They either have a handicap or physically, you know, can't work, um, you know, all these things. They can hold a job. And look, the economy is doing wonders for these people because this is the only way they can earn. That's the good part of the gig economy. But the bad part of the gig economy is when you have the same size pie and many more mouths to feed, then everybody's going to get hurt. And I mean, look, there's not much could be done except that. Uh, more, uh, you know, um, verifying ID checks and verifying, you know, selfies, selfie verification. I do it every six hours when I drive ride share. Every six hours, the app goes, oh, can't go online, take a selfie. Okay. And I do it happily. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, no. and, 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 and to me, that, that should be the, 
that should be more often on delivery because this is mostly happening on delivery. Not that not that mm -hmm. people are not renting their accounts on rideshare, but you know the, the 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 rider figuring out. I mean, the rider is looking at the owner account owner's picture, and then you know somebody else is showing up. It's pretty obvious because we're past the mask days now, right? Well, I that's mean, what I, I was going to add that too. Not only do you have these workers coming on, and like you were saying, you know, it's the only work they can get. They actually didn't get that work correctly. So you now have a very sketchy character who might not be sketchy, but if given the right situation, might take advantage of it because it's not their name on the account. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm like huge proponent of fixing this, and hopefully. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. These companies will not, you know, cut the branch they're sitting on. I mean, this is this is great for them. Gets all those trash orders delivered. Um, because I don't think anybody in their right mind. So are um, they rent? Are they renting LOP? I, I, I the program. I mean, look, if if the account holder comes with an LOP, you're automatically going to get the LOP. Or or um, maybe those are more on the black market. Maybe if you just want maybe, to. Maybe they'll ask you for a higher maybe. percentage. You know. Exactly, but then that's such a small piece of DoorDash. I mean, you know, LOP is not a huge part of DoorDash. So, and you know, just like, I mean, th there are people who's you know at airports pulling things, weird things are happening at airports. People are complaining, all kinds of things are happening. Look, you know, technology is technology, and then there's going to be people who take advantage of with, with some, you know, backdoor, I mean, cheating thing or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, if there was an app like it, it, it. We know it exists. Bots exist in this world, right? Even if you're the account holder, you know, if you don't have a bot on Instacart, you're not going to get good orders. Period. That's it. That's a fact. If you don't yeah. have a bot on on other apps, or like even the simplest thing, you're trying to buy I think something on eBay, and you will always be outbid by a penny the last second. That's a bot. Okay, <laughs> you ain't that quick. It's not going to work. So it's happening. Look, you know. <laughs> and you know get a bot yourself and do it yeah. um, until you get caught <laughs> so i guess let's can we let's merge this in because i know you were talking about ending with potentially harry i don't even know if after that story if he's gonna do it with you or if he was gonna like no it's oh. you harry oh, he already did it it's already in the can Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, he does look. I mean, I, I got to give Harry credit here. Harry has. Oh, done, no, dude. You and I think you and Harry I both give him. Touch anything I do because he sees that what I do, I vet everything. No, we already put it in the can. It was done two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I didn't know well, if you were going to say, but you got to do 10 rides first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when last time Harry did 10 rides in a row. <laughs> and maybe he doesn't have to. But that's why, you know, that's why he said that. And, you know, I asked him that, and that's why, that's why I have you. <laughs> so looking okay. into 2023, we kind of talked about how, you know, rideshare drivers are struggling. Yeah. Everything's oversaturated. We know people are struggling right now, and normally yeah. it's picked back up. I, I don't believe in the talk of, oh, it's always this. And so nothing's always ever yeah. <laughs> anything. So, but looking into 2024, um, what do you what are you hoping to see? Um, um I I mean that's that's maybe that's realistic too. No, realistic. I everything I say is what I think. Uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think this oversaturation trend is gonna continue, right? 
earnings are going to be stagnant, if not lower, a little bit more, right? And look, these companies are trying to be profitable. Um, the only way they can be profitable, two-sided marketplace is right share, three-sided marketplace is delivery. You know, two-sided cost rider, driver, three-sided rider, I mean, consumer, driver, and restaurant. So these companies are, through their magic of their wonderful algorithms, they're, they're playing the game. And you guys got to play the game um, to make the same amount of money as you were making, or you got to work longer hours. Look, I met a driver last time I was at LAX. He's a young Ukrainian kid. He lives pretty close to my house, okay? He works 80 hours a week on rideshare, okay? 80 hours. Mm -hmm. And he drives out of the 80, he drives about 60. So that's 60 he has a passenger in the car. And he's still grossing 3K a week. I have his screenshots, so don't tell me it's not. It can't be done. And I Tony, see, Tony does it too. That's what I'm saying. But uh, if you know, in our newer generation or whatever these, you know, call whatever Z, G, X, Y, Z, whatever generation people are these days, they, they, you know, all I do is like, oh, I'm not making money. I'm like, uh, yeah, I will. If you put in 70 hours, you will. I mean, yeah, you were making the same money in 50 hours. Now you got to work 70 hours to make the same money, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a good thing? No, of course not. That means you're, you have to work harder. You have to work more. You have to hustle more. And, and, and ultimately, the money is still out there, but you have to work more for it. I get it. I get all the negative stuff. But if this is your calling and you're going to do this full time, you have to do certain things. And the trend, I don't see changing. I mean, I don't see the trend changing as far as oversaturation is concerned. I don't think these companies are going to come out and say, yeah, we have so many drivers, we want everybody to make money, we're going to pay more because they don't have to. They're not going to. Um, they also figured out in a two or three sided marketplace with certain elasticity you have on the consumer, you cannot charge more than they can pay. That's the elasticity part. But on the driver side, I think it's as low as it's going to get. Is it going to go to zero? No. Base pay is not going to go to zero. But it may go to 50 cents on DoorDash. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cody just showed us that it's under a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my thing is pain is going to be there a little bit longer. Okay. Um, until inflation cools off and all these transitory million people who just got flushed into the gig work, they get flushed out. And the good news about that is a, if you look at the history of Uber, this is not my number, this is Uber's number. Uber says the average lifespan of a gig worker, I'm not going to say rideshare driver, but we used to just say rideshare driver, is eight months or less. So uh, they basically have to replenish the whole driver base every eight months to a year, right? So they're going to keep adding new drivers uh, because... Whoever they hired eight months ago is going to quit. And so, and if the, if the inflation, you know, cools off, I think these people are not going to do this and they're just going to go home and sit and, you know, their paychecks is going to be enough to cover everything they have going and, you know, we're going to be okay again. So I would say the first six months is going to be tough of next year, my prediction. And towards the end of next six months, I see inflation cooling off quite a bit, interest rates 
getting cut again and uh, things are going to be okay. And um, again, it's not all bad. No, no, no. I just, I mean, you live in, you live in sunny Southern California. Many of us don't, I don't, Um, you know, it's sunny where I live, but it gets cold. Like January, February can be rough. I mean, what's going to happen even to these people who have the, you know, whether they be illegals or the oversaturation people, do you think they're going to tough out making a third of what they are making now? Yeah. I I mean, what choice do they have? Right. And it's a rough thing to say, but somebody's going to say it. So I think people who are doing this for total peanuts under the pressure of some other, I don't want to say it, but under, that was last year's prediction. I wasn't my prediction traveler. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, yeah, I mean, they have to do what they have to do to put food on their family's table, man. Yeah. And, can't blame them for what they're doing and it's just unfortunate <clears throat> that they're introduced into such a game at a, such a horrible time right um my my thought process is you know everything ebbs and flows you know there is a sinus wave even in the ocean once in a while you have a hurricane we're having a hurricane right now the waves are really big but then everything calms down and then, you know, you have the ebbs and highs and lows, peaks and valleys. And I would say we're pretty close to a valley when it comes to earnings. And uh, things will get better uh, probably after June or so, after summer is over next year. And that's my prediction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope it, I you know, maybe in those earlier months, maybe it's a good idea, guys, to try the smaller guys out go and try your hand at other things if you're that dedicated to the gig economy because i mean i i believe that with the giant apps too nothing has been a sign of when and how it's going to get better but let's make sure we hit on these last couple things because i the last time we talked i know you were looking into it i don't know what you ever found out but it was such an interesting concept that potentially because i mean look i i haven't talked about this in a while but we're ending the year um, potentially Prop 22 in California isn't oh. not only hurting the gig companies, it could be making them money. Um, on that one, I have to stay mum because we're working on that with uh, one of my favorite journalists, Brian Merchant. Um, it's tough to get information from these companies, man. You know, yep. that's what I'm running into. But uh, it's working but, out. But the know? theory that you were talking about before, and just real quick, guys, the I mean, I didn't know, not living in California, I didn't know that if I'm on the customer side, I'd heard things, but I guess I didn't really put two and two together on this, was that on every order, there's a line item for Prop 22 that the customer's paying. Yeah. So it's not like how they, how everybody made it sound. AB5 is separate. Prop 22 was the carve out for the gig economy. And it was supposed to be that these companies are incurring fees to help drivers. The drivers that were loving Prop 22, some still might like it, but most of the ones I know who were like sweet are not happy with it anymore. This is this was not a good model. The only people that are happy doing, you know, uh, with Prop 22 are delivery workers. Yeah. The street, because the base pay is so horrible now that. Pretty much on every order, you're going to get some Prop 22 money. 
So what I'm seeing happening is that rideshare drivers are subsidizing what the delivery workers are getting paid in California. That's what Prop so, 22 is good for. Um, traveler, um, Sergio at the rideshareguy.com, send me the content that where I said it's exactly what I said this year because we didn't have to deal with inflation last year. I mean, I'm not questioning you. We may have said it. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm thinking um, Prop 22 is loved by delivery drivers now because base pay is horrible. Yeah, I no, and it's it. like, like you and I have talked about, it's almost like, well, why wouldn't everybody just have a 100% acceptance rate because it doesn't matter what the tip is. In rideshare, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. In Well, in, for uh, rideshare, but when they, and again, guys, remember that when they did AB5 and they carved out Prop 22, yeah, it, it's like going back in our conversation to earlier where you know there was no volume with the delivery app so i don't think they were really thinking about that yeah because the pandemic showed up right after like right, right. so <laughs> they were thinking rideshare drivers and as sergio's saying and as i know from talking with people too the rideshare drivers don't see it not not as much because look you should be you should an active hour on rideshare should be more than 120 percent of your cities well, i mean that's the way they wrote it but um, the other thing is, as a rideshare driver, look, Prop 22 is capped, okay, $19, let's say, a change in L.A. County, minimum wage, 120% of that. It's about 22, um, 22 and a half. Add the mileage, you know. Uh, yeah, because of the healthcare stipend, that part of it, that when they drive 25-plus active hours per week week after week and then after three months they will get a healthcare stipend right that part of it is beneficial but then on the other hand so that's a lot of um hours but it's because look uber and lyft said it themselves 80 percent of their drivers are super part-time drivers right so automatically you're kind of eliminating by writing this kind of a law into you know and uh you know yeah but you have to have a health care you know you know, I know who you are, so let's not get into that now. But <laughs> get the healthcare stipend to get, you know, in order when you get the cash, you have to have an approved plan in their system to get the cash. Otherwise, you're not going to get the cash. Uh, and their approved healthcare um, providers has to be on the list that Uber Lyft and approves. And most people who are doing right share, you know, they have coverage through their spouses. You're not going to get that money if that's the case, or you know, uh, if you're on Medi-Cal, which a lot of rideshare drivers are. That's what I was going to mention. I mean, I don't know why that is. You're not going to get, you're not going to get this back on either. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. get this back But I, I feel like, you know, when Uber and Lyft says 80-20, meaning 80% of the drivers are part-time, 20 or full-time. So that 20% full-time, yeah, you're getting the healthcare stipend. Uh, but then there's other <clears throat> roadblocks. But let's say you're getting it. But as a rideshare driver... You know, um, if you figure the miles, the component of this 34 cents plus the 120%, you're going to cap out, let's say, top out at 23 to 25 per hour, per active hour. And let's say you're a driver, right? You're a driver that literally have auto accept on. And these apps are busy, like in California, that depending on what city you're in, I mean, if you're in the middle of nowhere, probably not. But let's say if you're in LA, right? They're ping after ping after ping after ping. There's nonstop. So you just leave it on auto accept and you're active the whole 60 minutes. Literally, you drop off, pick up, drop off, pick up, drop off, pick up, right? So you're, 
under Prop 22, your max is about 24, 25 max, because in LA, you can't really drive too many miles in an hour. Um, so if that was the case, and you know your hourly in, um, expenses on an average car, let's say, is five to seven bucks an hour. If you have a newer car, it's on the higher end. If you have um, a uh, older car, maybe it's on the lower end. But so if you take that out, you're netting right about twenty. And if you're full time, you're getting a healthcare stipend. Those people like it. But automatically, since eighty percent are super part time, as Uber and Lyft say, or DoorDash says, or whoever else says, that's who what they said, and I believe them because it's not because what they said is it's true. It's because 80% supposedly, according to them, is super part-time or part-time, less than 10, 20 hours a week. Well, you're not gonna get the Prop 22. The only thing you're gonna get as a right, as not as a right share driver, you're not gonna get Prop 22 money. But as a delivery driver, even if you're super part-time, you get the top up because orders are so horrible, $2, $1.50, whatever. And as a delivery driver, that's also 23, 24 per hour. So you literally can take every order as a delivery driver and basically guarantee yourself 23, 24 bucks, even if you're part-time. So, yeah. you know, at, at, as far as that's concerned, eh, yeah, you know, maybe. I mean, if I, let me, let me move my market just so to even make a more basic understanding of this. I hate Instacart. Everybody knows that Instacart took $8 and cut it down to four right. for the base pay on some. If I move to San Francisco, the minimum wage is $19.88, I believe. We'll call yeah. it 20. So 120% of $20 would be $24 an hour. Instacart would have to pay me 20 on every order I took. Yeah. On the if they're saying, I mean, like this is where I'm like, why are you even using base pay? Why do you even say base pay for? It's actually 24 because a shop takes over an hour. Yeah. And you're active for that hour, right? So and, why not and, just take it away and say you're gonna make twenty-four because that's yeah, that's what pay. but that's why that's why these that's why these orders are getting delivered. Yeah because I can take in California, I can take every two dollar Uber Eats or DoorDash order. Right. Because I know I'm gonna get twenty-four, right? Twenty-five, whatever. Um I, I don't care. Now if you're if you're on every weekend you're driving, you know, delivering 10, 15, 20 hours a weekend, right? Just might as well stay active, take that 24. And if you're driving a beater, your costs are nothing, or you're doing it on an e-bike or a scooter or whatever, your costs are less that way. Then yeah, it makes sense. In those, in those cases, Prop 22 makes sense. They're not going to get the healthcare stipend, but they'll probably get the top up, as we call it. And every mm -hmm. two weeks, every every two weeks from Uber, every week from DoorDash, you'll get that top up because yeah. they have to top it up. So look, Prop 22 is good for a small minority of the people that are doing gig work. And um, yeah, as far as rideshare, for my money, if you're the rideshare driver and you're getting Prop 22 money top up, you're a horrible driver. You should stop driving. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, you know, I don't want to call somebody a horrible driver. I don't know. But if that's all you're making... Yeah, you and you need to find new fishing holes or talk to some new people or something. Yeah, dude, improve your game, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Watch, watch, show me the money club. They talk about it. Yeah, whatever. But you know, <laughs> like, like uh, the professor Kilomiler, who I personally know who he is. Um, like he drives in Orange County somewhere, and he kills it. He's like 60, 70 bucks an hour active hour, right? Okay. I mean, you know, 
I, I, I you know, look, there are people who are doing this. As I said, last time I was at LAX, I saw that kid and I gave him my card and I said, send me these screenshots. 80 hours online, 50, 55 active, 2,500 to 3K a week after week after week in LA. Mm -hmm. In making it in line, I saw the app. Yep. I didn't doctor those, that, that, those numbers. He's yep. making the money. No, I mean, look, guys, I mean, Driven Dad was in here too, Tony. Shout out to Tony, but he does it too. But he has his he has his vehicle rental for the Tesla. Yeah. He has, I mean, now there he saves some gas money, but I mean it's just it's one thing after the other, too. It's all the expenses. But yeah, I mean, if you're making that much, you're being able to deal with the expenses if you're doing them correctly and still making yeah. that money. Well, expenses, look, expenses are not gonna be that crazy, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you're bringing in you know twenty five hundred to three k gross a week, a week week after week, and this is not for everyone. This guy wakes up at three thirty four every morning. He is the airport runs. He does a lot of reserve trips, and he drives X Uber X. He's not like he's driving Uber Black or some mm -hmm. super. He's, Uber. he's exhausted. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, man, he's he's bringing in the cash. He's young. He's like twenty eight. He goes, you know, he's a Ukrainian uh, kid. You know, he goes, uh, I have a plan B. I'm just going to hit this hard for two years and save my money. And, you know, I mean, look, this is what the gig economy is for. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And I told him, I go, you better be saving a thousand of that three a week, every week, right? He goes, yeah, I am. I have actually, I bought another Honda hybrid with that car I saved last year. I'm going like, there you go, right? So he's putting that on two row now. Look, there is good stuff happening in the gig work. You need to put the hours in. The, if you're going to live in the past, meaning, oh, I used to make 50 bucks an hour. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and now you have to work a little bit more, you know? And, and yeah. yeah, you can't live in the past. So you just figure out like this guy. Or, tweet, or you have to tweak your hours. Something has to change. You can't just keep... You know, everybody has a, every market is different. Everybody's rhythm is different. Every city is different. You have to put thought into it. You mm -hmm. can't go like, ah, <laughs> not going to mm -hmm. work. And that's where, you know, like sometimes I get into the discussion with people about flexibility because I'm like, well, flexibility also yeah, means flexible. giving back to the system because sometimes yeah. you might need to juggle it backwards and reverse engineer it. Yeah. And therefore, it's not totally flexible to you. It's still flexible, but you might have to, how uh, am I going to get my kid? How am I going to do this? How am I going to? Yeah, but if you have your app on 80 hours and you're actually with a button in the backseat 60 hours or period two, period three, as we call it, mm -hmm. flexibility kind of disappears because there's only 168 hours a week. Right. You got to still sleep, you got to eat, you got to work out or whatever you got to do to have some time. And this is perfect like for a single guy, let's say, with no ties, no other responsibility to hit it hard, hard. 3K, 3K, 2K, 3K, 3K, you know, boom. Mm -hmm. And now you got shit ton of money saved up. Do it again next year, two years. You save yourself 80, 100K, 50K, whatever you save. Go open a business, do whatever you educate yourself, education, whatever. That's what the gig economy is for. But you got to work. All right. So as we wrap this up, I want to see how much of this we can touch on because I know you're a big proponent of the Seattle model. Um, yes. and if we can touch, if we find time to touch on Chicago, Massachusetts, cause we're just hitting the end of time, but if we can go a couple minutes over, but that's okay. We'll go. We'll always go over. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So DoorDash and Uber Eats and Instacart is taking the city of Seattle to mm. court to court mm. over 10 cents per order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that and by the way, that 10 cents would go to a lot of good things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but that I mean, we talk about PR and stuff. Is this really a PR they want? Because Seattle will make a big story of this. I don't think these companies care. I think they have their playbook set. They're going to have that playbook. They're going to have, you know, uh, apply, apply this playbook, period. Mm -hmm. And their playbook is pretty obvious to me. And uh, they're going to resist every possible down to a dime increase on the consumer because they're they're crunching numbers and they're going okay demand may go down 0.3% if we raise it by 10 cents and that 0.3% if to them it's like millions and millions of dollars you know i mean to us it's like a dime no big deal so these companies don't look at it that way and that's the understanding i got on monday talking to all these execs you know they go, you know they go like we we don't want to raise take rates you know take 50% of the chip we don't take less actually it's create more demand right and make it cheaper but then to them at 2.4 billion trips a quarter one tenth is like 100 million bucks on the bottom line so to them they don't have to move the take rate too much mm -mm. for the driver it makes a big difference but that 10 cents legislation thing they have every step of the way they resisted all these things in seattle but seattle's you know city council is so strong i don't think it's going to fly as far as Massachusetts, I got like, when I got home today, I had like 28 emails and eight were about Uber started sending all Boston and Massachusetts drivers the in-app hmm. notifications. And they were all asking me, should I say yes to this? I'm going like, I don't even know what it is. I know what it is. It's a watered down version of Prop 22. And I'm like, um, my suggestion, read it, understand it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I have an opinion about it. I would say no. If, as long as you can find out if this is a consumer subsidized proposition. If you think it is, you should make that clear to your legislatures that this is not paid by Uber and Lyft. This is subsidized by the consumer. There's that part we're trying to find out, but I am opposed to Prop 22 legislation anywhere for the fact that this is what i'm seeing in la after three years with this wonderful upfront algorithm doesn't mean there aren't guys like kilomiler over there uh kill it or this ukrainian kid or whatever because they put thought into it they strategize and they zig they zag they need to do what they need to do but in general all the ride share and the delivery garbage coffee garbage yeah all the ride share pings that i'm seeing the algo is lowering it right a touch above Prop 22 level, right? On active hour basis. Which they already tried to fight for when the governor was the AG. Yeah. They already yeah. tried to fight for this in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now, now it's... Now I think, uh, you know, the, the, the in-app uh, push has started early, kind of, you know, for an election next year. But, you know, they're good at that game, bro. They have that I am always of the, and I, I mean, again, like Sergio said, make sure you read it. I know a lot of people don't read the terms of service, but read these. But I'm always of the opinion if the app is sending it to you, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> the app is sending it to you. It's got to be good for the app. <laughs> and then, and then the it might say this is to your benefit, which means this is not to your benefit. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, and, and, and the other thing is I'm sure they have, the, they have more power on the consumer side because consumers are going to get this, saying yeah. that, 
your fares are going to double, triple. I'm like, okay. So if you, um, if, if you guys haven't, before we talk about Chicago here real quick, if you guys haven't seen um, the show me the money club where Sergio and Chris had um, uh, the CEO from Lyft on or um, Sergio's piece on uh, speaking with Dara, the Uber CEO, uh, make sure to check those out. You know, I mean, even even this Boston stuff, I've got a couple pieces up on this. I know these guys have talked well, about it. Lastly, I mean, Steve, Chicago, we had the sponsoring older person, Michael Rodriguez on Show right. Me the Money, as well as Lori uh, Simmons, who was yep. the head of the driver union there. Um, so they were on the show. They can go watch that. Uh, you know, we we're that's what I, that's the last one I was going to get to, because Chicago yeah. is really, really fighting. I'm, I mean, not that other states aren't, but they're fighting in like all kinds of directions. Everybody seems to have their hand in this. Yeah, there is some news to come up on the Chicago one. Um, but look, I think legislation is at this point is city by city, state by state. I know in your state, um, Stephanie is working on some stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. New, new, new stuff. Yeah, my, actually, the CEO of, of Dumpling was on the Para Live with us last week, Joel Shapiro. He's a friend of mine. He sits yeah. on the Seattle, uh, Seattle City Council. Yeah. He yeah. was part of that, that push to get that yeah. passed. So he had a two-hour discussion with Stephanie. Yeah. I, asked, I just introduced the two of them, and he's like, man, I talked to her for like two hours. Yeah, no, Stephanie is smart, obviously. I don't know where our Senator Priola is and all this. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so there is legislation happening, and uh, Uber is good at what they do, and DoorDash is good at what they do. They resist, they resist, they threaten leaving, do this, do that, whatever. And unfortunately, they play the game at a very high level, and you know they put a lot of pressure on these legislators, and you know they have a lot of lobbying power, they have a lot of money, and they're listened to. But one thing we should end with that is. I spoke to the gentleman who, with the AG of New York, was at the table negotiating the Uber settlement from Uber. Okay, His name is a public name. I'm not going to give it. You guys will figure out who he is. Um, I personally have spoken to him. Okay, And, and he goes, Sergio, we got all we want. And you can take it for whatever it is. All we want is drivers staying independent contractors. We're willing to come sit at the table. That's all we want. And that's what happened in New York, because now they're contributing to the UI fund with a $26 minimum protection, wage protection. Okay. Because we don't, we can't, don't want to resist, do everything we can. We cannot have people as employees. We just can't. (laughs) But if you agree to staying independent contractors, we are 100% going to sit at the table and talk to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because again, still to this day, and I mean, perfect timing with the end of the year, all of these, like, I, I mean, Sergio's 100% right. You know, the PRO Act got kicked and ruined. They tried to shove it through in parts. It's not going to happen on a federal level. It's going to be state by state. But one of the biggest accidents we made, because now we're holding everybody to the Borella or the IRS or the ABC test, I think one of the biggest mistakes made was not defining the app-based gig economy separate from gig independent contractor traditional sure. economy for and sure. giving them a definition that these states could work off with the legislation. Yeah, for sure. And I'm telling you, horse's mouth. I'm looking at him on Zoom two weeks ago. 
because we had the settlement deals details before they announced it. He said, Sergio, I am just all I'm telling you is if you're going to do work on this, please do it in a way that makes sure you guys come to the table as independent contractors. That's all we want. If you say that, come to the table with that idea. We're willing to talk. We're willing to give you pay increases. We're willing to give you anti-deactivation rights. We're willing to give you all that stuff. But if you come with the idea that unionize, employee model, all this stuff, it's not going to work. We're going to kill it, and we're going to spend the money, and we're going to do it. And um, have they, they haven't done it? Of course they have. Look at Colorado, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago. Well, Chicago's coming, but right, Prop Twenty Two not going up in Massachusetts. They have a playbook. They're going to follow Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're all. In the, they're all doing it's a $110 billion market cap company, Uber is. Mm-hmm. You don't think, you think they're messing around here? <laughs> they have $110 billion market capitalization to protect. Because tomorrow, if they say, oh, everybody employees, that $110 billion goes poof. And, yeah. and you know, this is not about selling out and was being reasonable. And, you know, you want to stay independent, don't you, Steve? Oh, one, I have to. Because okay. I don't just wow. do, I mean, so I mean, not everybody has this scenario, but I do other things outside of gig apps yeah. where you, you, that's going to conflict. And if, yeah, if something, get something. If you don't, yeah. if you, if you plus, just say, plus, I understand independent contractorship. So if I don't well, like what I start to see, I can walk away from something. I get it. And, and, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, I don't feel like I'm an independent contractor doing gig work. We can debate that. It's a different subject. Yeah, but uh, I these people are serious people, man. You know, you better come with the goods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll it really will depend on your state. Even if like every state doesn't go yeah, to yeah. employee franchise union model, it's still some states are going to look a lot worse than others. Okay, well, okay, Derek. I know his name. Someone call him Derek. Professor Kilomiler. I can't keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Yes, Derek. That's true. Um, last mile delivery is not included in the Chicago ordinance yet hmm. uh, but they're working in seattle washington state on delivery drivers now so um you know they may get some stuff you know anyway yeah. but um yeah that's anything do we have anything left on the board to discuss no we we hit it all so guys that's a wrap for the week that's the 300th episode um thank you if you watched live thank you if you watch on replay and thank you all audio podcast listeners for listening to the rideshare rodeo podcast this journey wouldn't have been this journey without you, it's been growing, growing, growing. Um, and to those of you on YouTube, I suggest some of you um, maybe check it out too. You can watch it on uh, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you'd listen to podcasts because it is a little bit different than what I bring over to YouTube. But um, I also want to thank, um, special thanks to my friend Sergio for co-hosting with me today. Um, and uh, you can find Sergio on the Rideshare Guy. You can find cool. him on Show Me the Money Club on YouTube and on audio podcasts. Yeah. So the audio podcast people we're, listening, it is on audio podcasts too now. Yes, we are. We're on all the podcast channels, but tomorrow, if I may plug it, mm-hmm. we have the only, well, not the only, one of the two or three, I think, um, vertically integrated business models regarding ride share in the country called Alto, <laughs> who owns their cars, employs all their drivers. Okay, yep. they're all employees, and I have the CEO Will Coleman on tomorrow. We're gonna say, well, if gig is not working for you, 
maybe you can put an auto shirt and an auto hat on and the car is given to you clean with full of gas all you do is drive and that could be another option for you guys yeah i had alto on a few months back not the c i think i had the cto i'd have to go back and look but regardless it was very interesting but at the time actually it was many months because at the time all the ride shares hadn't fallen so low so it didn't seem like it was really a player but I know they've made some changes to the positive while all the negatives happening over here. So. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow because we don't have a script. We're going to give them the tough questions and squeeze them a little bit. Will, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you guys uh, check yeah, out, always check out. I mean, it's it's Tuesdays. I'm not going to give you my time because my time's... 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because I'm always thinking like Camp 4. So. Um, yeah, that, that should be a good discussion because, you know, a lot of people are saying, I'm not making money. And I'm like, okay, you have no expenses. You have possible 401k. You have possible healthcare. You know, possible, I'm saying. You're probably going to make, I don't know, minimum wage is 20, 22 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting in a nice, clean car, drive, high-end clientele, right? Mm-hmm. Not like ride share. They're going to throw you all the trash. Not passenger wise, I'm talking trip wise. And they they do say in the they do say to their customers, I don't know if they've changed this, you'll find out tomorrow, but they do say don't tip. Yes. Will is a hundred million percent against tipping. Yes. So I'm, that's a weird We're thing gonna ask him that too. Yeah. Yeah. But guys, thank you for joining us. Be safe, earn smart, and most of all, guys, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Take happy the day fun. off, do something fun. Be safe. If you're going to drive, deliver, be safe. But that's it, guys. Thank you for watching the 300th episode, and we'll see you back here next week. Peace.